everybody, this is Issei Cosette, the producer and host of Issei's Way, your favorite podcast that uplifts amazing people around the world on their journeys. And this week we have a very special guest, my soul sister, my sister in La Lucha, Poeta, Ana Pornot Bremer, who is a poet organizer from Puerto Rico, holding a BA and MA in English literature from the University of Puerto Rico, and is the alumni of the MFA program in creative writing at Rutgers. She just recently published her debut collection, To Love an Island, which is phenomenal. If you haven't got it, go get that right now. It's been published by Yes, Yes Books. She's also currently working on the Spanish edition, which will be printed with La Impresora, based in Puerto Rico. Anna is also the winner of the 92Y Discovery Poetry Contest 2020 and was named one of the poets and writers of the 2021 Davy Poets. If you haven't known that she is dope, like you will understand her story today because it's been amazing to see the way that we've been able to, you know, grow and navigate our own strengths, our own words, our own wisdoms through our struggles, through our survivals, through our solidarity. And I'm just grateful to have you on the mic today. I'm just grateful to hear a little bit more about your story and what you've been up to. How are you? And tell the people a little bit about yourself. Hi, Issei. You always humble and honor me so much. Te adoro, te quiero mucho. I just want to leave that on the record. Muchas gracias. <laughs> Thank you for having me here. Yes, my name is Ana Portnoy-Rimer. Um, I returned back to Puerto Rico. I had been living in New Jersey in the United States, completing a Master of Fine Arts, and I finished it while the pandemic was peaking, and so I'm back home. That's something very big for me. Um, I am organizing a lot here in Puerto Rico. I am trying to write a new book. I have a second book project and I am taking on multiple gigs because I'm a gig worker and the gig economy is crazy. No, but that's so real because it's just like, we have to just be in La Brega. We have to be able to be keep moving. We have to be in the know. Mm -hmm. And so like just thinking about your experiences, not only just being in the gay culture, but your community, your work in the community really drives your poems, your lifestyle, your everything, the way that you connect with the world. Um, can you talk more about the work that you're doing and especially like with your role with La Alacena Feminita del Nucleo? Absolutely. And thank you for noticing that, that the political work that I do, um, filters into my work and vice versa as well. Um, but yeah, I organized with this group called La La Cena Feminista Luquillo, which sort of translates into the feminist pantry of Luquillo. And we do mutual aid work. Mutual aid work. Um, we also do or are doing a rescue occupation of a certain building here uh, for the community. We do direct actions and we generally try to build um, people power here in the town of Luquillo. Um, and yeah, the organizing that I do feeds so much of the poetry that I write because it shapes the values and the ethics of how I want to write, the content that I'm engaging in, um, how I interact with the historic moments that I'm writing under and about. Um, and it also just informs so much of my voice and my aesthetic as well. Um, so that's, I think, one of the ways in which Yala Sena influences my poetry. And also being in community and finding myself um, very much involved in the process of like world and movement building also feels like very poetic as well. And so I feel like that's a way that poetry sort of influences the way I view organizing. 
yo, everything you just said just like makes so much sense because like I've lived there and seen it. It's one thing I think I used to feel like there was just distance or there was a distance that I had from poetry, from literature until I came to Puerto Rico, right? Because I had a chance to really kind of see myself or my friends represented and like reading your book, I was able to really see and witness things that I've literally experienced, you know, Um, over like the past decade and like just thinking about, especially like the last five years, but just in my journey, but thinking about like the historic moments that you're writing about and how, um, like you said, not just like world building. um, I think that's very important because when I was reading To Love an Island, it made me realize, like I said, these reliving these moments, seeing the importance of being a witness and being able to translate that on the page that and having that effect and also causing me to like think about the memories of the ways that we write the world. So like after writing that, like how did it feel like turning in the final edits, you know, since that obviously, you know, was your thesis and then re- that process of publishing with the SS book and winning that war, like, how did it feel reliving that moment and knowing that you're creating something that is impacting the world? Mm. Handing in final edits and what came to mind, I think one of the things that came to mind or that I felt was fear. I think I was afraid of how the book was going to move through the world I was afraid of how much of myself and my vulnerability and some of the um, most substantial traumas I had, had trauma I had experienced in my life, I had put into this book that I was going to share with everyone, right? With my community, um, with other poets, other writers, other folks who experienced what we experienced, right? The catastrophe that was Hurricane Maria and the political disaster that followed, the debt crisis that preceded it and, you know, exacerbated the the experience of the hurricane, the summer insurrection, the earthquakes, all of it was in there. And it was a very, very vulnerable um, and very fearful moment for me in that regard, I think. And the other thing that came to mind was also relief in a way. And I know those are two sort of contradictory maybe feelings, but, you know, they were existing within me at the same time. And I felt relief because it also felt like I had released something. I was finally able to let go of this wound in a way and start to slowly um, heal that. I love that because that leads me to the next question. I I think (laughs) um, that transition of fear and then to relief and like reasoning and releasing that to get that relief. um, How was it like dealing with those feelings and embracing the fears and actually like realizing? And I feel also, even though you were going through it, um, there was also a time where you were going through it at a distance, you know? Mm -hmm. And so how now that you're back on the island, are you working towards healing yourself that you're able to notice in that release to read? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to think I am trying to do um, some things to, to embark on the path towards like healing. Um, I think one of the things I actually am doing, and this relates to poetry is I'm allowing myself to take a step back from it. Um to be able to, I think, heal my, my relationship with it too, because when I was writing my first book, um, I really, really mined my trauma for the book. And I developed 
an unhealthy relationship to writing in that way, like thinking or like not really only thinking myself capable of writing from pain, right? And, and really stifling the parts of me that were able to write it, to write from joy um, and that wanted to write from joy. And so I've been t- allowing myself to take a step back from it when I need it to be able to recalibrate my relationship to it again. I've been spending a lot of time in community um, and that has been that has been incredibly healing and it has just nourished me in ways that I could not have imagined and sharing I think more openly about these experiences that we that we went through together um, with other people and listening to them in return and being able to offer being able to hold space for each other that's been really beautiful, really beautiful too. So I think those two things are what come to mind. Mm, shout out to the wonderful people that can hold this and shout out for the spaces mm. that are being created, you know, in spite of the places and the people trying to, you know, kill us every day, but you know, yet we survive and yet we overcome and yet we continue to build and be great. Mm-hmm. And it's a blessing, you know, and I think about like, yeah, that relationship of having toxic relationships with your writing or like different practices that allow us to not really show up, you know, and also thinking about, you know, other ways that we can tap into our arts, you know, that's why, like I started painting, you know, I've tried to do like other classes. Right. And so just thinking about not only that, but building those communities and spaces where you can um, be seen and listen and receive and grow and be hugged, like, it's a beautiful, beautiful blessing. And I'm so happy, you know, that you're able to come back home and not only just continue to do the work, but continue to grow and continue to heal, you know, and I'm excited to see um, what becomes of this healing. I'm excited to see what becomes of your becoming, you know, now that you're fully mm-hmm. able to bloom in the way that you've been, you know, nurtured, you know, and um, embraced and uplifted. So this is going to be exciting. And one way to just share your beautiful words and your wisdom is I know you have a poem that you're going to read today. I do. I do. And actually, I think this is the one I really like to read usually. Um, And I feel like it reads well. So I'm going to share a poem called Strawberries. I'd always been told strawberries couldn't grow in Puerto Rico. We didn't have the climate. Up here on this finca, past the carcass of Penuelas' petroleum past, where even the hummingbirds are dizzy with height, small strawberry studs slip off like beads from a necklace on my tongue. The farmer picks them gently from their fuzzy casing, warm and tender from swallowing the world's beatings as he shows us his budding coffee crop. Crecemos el café bajo sombra, I think of all the work we do in the shadows. Rearing coffee under the sun is hurried and stifles taste. Its flavor should be layered like the rock that makes this mountain, this mountain of an island. All plants are carbon husked patients, but coffee is a slow birth, bean of push that can take as long as four years to ripen. Intercropped with bananas, babayas, and pyrethrum to lure away pests, allow for just and solidary growth, an abundant existence. This steep hill of harvest is everything we're slowly trying to become. The farmer says after the hurricane, they lost the majority of their coffee shrubs. 
Seeds were swept away with all else. Mass growers strike deals and offer seeds so local farmers can grow to sell back to them. We have to grow our own to be our own. He smiles, splits open a coffee pod, drops the pulpy body in my hand and tells me to try it. I'd always been told freedom would never come for Puerto Rico. We didn't have the climate. I asked the farmer about the strawberries. Son silvestres, he responds, and points to their beautiful excess. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Ise. And with regards to the excitement around seeing me grow, it's absolutely mutual. And I hope we continue to grow alongside each other as well. <laughs> oh, me too, sis. It's going to be just so amazing to just continue see. to read and um, just see how we continue to bloom, continue to grow in spite of, you know, and to mm -hmm. be able to be that resistance that you speak of, you know, to be, you know, to bloom in the wildness, you know, to be like, the, um, like you said, that rock that is a mountain, like we are small, but we are mighty. And so I continue, mm. I'm just, it's just so happy. I'm just honored to be on this journey with you, to be able to read you, to be able to witness, you know, how amazing um, your words continue to resonate, not only in my life, but many's and, <clears throat> woo, we can get emotional. <laughs> um thank you once again for saying yes because i know you are a very busy person doing all the hard work and also like you said that's done in the shadows but um may this be one way that we can shine mm -hmm. your light may this be one way that we can give you your flowers may this be one way that you realize um in ways to celebrate yourself and your accomplishments so tell the people where can they connect with you where can they purchase your book where they can support you all that stuff yes i'm on all the social medias as anna portnoy Bremer. Um, you can buy my book through Yes, Yes Books or Amazon, actually, and it's called To Love an Island. Um, and you can also go to my website. It's my name, anaportnoibrimer.com, and maybe Issa can spell out my last names on the title of the podcast or something. You already know, you already know. <laughs> it's just been an honor once again just to sit with you, to chat, to catch up with you. And I just look forward, like you said, the way that we're going to continue to walk together to all our wonderful listeners, wherever you are on your journey, may you realize that the work that you're doing, the writing that you write, the ways that you build with community is important. So continue to move forward with ease, continue to trust your journey. Until next time, be blessed.